Welcome to the straight red card. Um, we're back, and we have to. We never left. We never really left. We just finished our segment with Filippo and Pete, Pete, and that will be out. It's oh. out now, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, theoretically, camera, theoretically, it is. I, I guess. Mean, I guess since uh, you know we brought the Pete and Filippo, let's talk. Mm-hmm. We we do have a couple of uh, questions that we should have answered. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's I guess let's talk about those. First. Yeah, we missed those. I mean, at two, at, I don't. Was it like eight oh eight or nine oh eight? Like there was like it's like it was hard to keep up with. Hold on. Okay, we'll start with you, Wesley, since we missed this one. Which of the dual nats, the likes of Balogun, Gomez, Tillman brothers, or Mighton, has the best chance of breaking into the World Cup roster? I mean. Time period wise, probably none of them for the World Cup yet, but some of them might crack the, you know, the games leading up to the World Cup. Nations League. After qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. After qualifying. I mean, listen, Balagon. If you had to pick one, let's, since he's, if you had to pick one. Well, Balagon plays center forward. Um, let's see how he does while he's out on loan for Arsenal, number one. Where's he on loan again at? I can't remember. Uh, I'm going to look him up real he's quick. In, he's in, in the championship, I believe, isn't he? Yeah, it's Florin Balogun. Uh, regardless, I'll if like- I have to pick one, I'm picking Gomez simply because our left-back options are limited because Burhalter refuses to give uh, pick up the phone and give Scali a call. Um, and that leaves us with uh, Brooks Lennon. So. I mean, I'd call them all up, frankly. I'd call Malik up. I'd call both of the brothers up. I'd call Mighton up, too. Why not? I mean, so, Mighton hasn't played a lot lately. But um, so, so that. I guess, I guess the. Uh, so uh, we, we always give Berhalter a bit of uh, uh, guff as far as I'm like, dude, you can call in a couple more players, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. But there are, there are uh, bonuses for the players for just getting called into a World Cup qualifying roster. Not even yeah, being that... on the game day, but just the, just the roster. So apart from feeding all the other expenses that they have to pay towards the players, um, flying them in and housing them in insert hotel here, uh, they also have to pay a, uh, a, a game day, not even a game day roster, just a, a, a qualifying roster. Yeah, but he's just saying who's going to break into the World Cup roster. Who has the best chance? And the answer is Gomez. You were right. I mean, if he starts playing for Real Sociedad and he starts playing on a regular basis and he's kicking ass and he has finally made the bench for the A team, not the B team. He's off the B team and now he's on the A team. That didn't take long, by the way. I think he played, what, three games for Real Sociedad B and he's already on the, the, uh, the big boy team. So, I mean, let's say he just starts playing game after game after game. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to consider that. Um, and it would be good to cap him as well. So. I mean, if, if Mike comes back from his injury or whatever he has as a whole and starts and, and starts lighting up with uh, with Nottingham, maybe he gets a look, not necessarily cracking the World Cup squad. Um, and uh, one Tillman brother is at a – Right there first. Yeah, with uh, Green, and he's getting minutes, so it's a possibility. Um, who's the where's the other Tillman brother at? Bayern Munich, and he rides pine there because he's yeah, very not, never gonna happen. Sorry. very young, very young. Yeah, still. yeah, yeah. yeah and, regardless, not, that one's not going to happen. So, um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Gomez. I think that's the only one that really makes sense at this point. Mm-hmm. And I know that Berhalter's meeting, he's in Europe right now, and he's meeting with Flor Balogun. Um, and he plays for Middlesbrough in the uh, championship. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And I don't know if he scored any goals lately. I don't remember seeing any because I keep track of all these guys, and that would really surprise me if he did. No, he's played eight games for Middlesbrough, no goals. So I've kept an eye on that. No goals. If he got a goal, I would have noticed. Uh, do you think Aronson should go to Leeds? Yeah, I mean, if they well, stay up. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the big thing, Kevin. If uh, if Leeds stays up, uh, and it's already been reported widely that if, if they if they stave off relegation, that they're the, the top contenders for Aronson at this point. Yep. And in fact, um, Aronson won't even talk about it. He was he's been asked about it three or four t- different times. He's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. My yeah. focus is on Salzburg right now. Well, in the way it should be, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh the 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 concept of where he's going isn't even a question for several months at this point. Because regardless yeah. if he comes out and says, like, oh, you know, I'd really like to go to AC Milan, that'd be nice. And then all of a sudden he goes to Leeds, and you're just like, hmm. Yeah, we gotta wait for the summer thing. transfer window. So, let, yep. Let's wait, and quite frankly, even when the transfer window comes out, he probably shouldn't really specify where he would like to go to the public. He should just say, hey, you know, we got several options. We're going to mull them over and find out which is going to be the best suited for me. And then that way, whenever you end up at a, a, a club that, you know. And we'll see how much a summer world or a winter world cup screws up the summer transfer window. I mean, that's just an, a weird thing you got to factor in here. I mean, that's People really... People may not necessarily want to leave their clubs because they may not get... If they go to the new club, they may not get quite the playing time they're getting at somewhere else. I mean, that's part of it because the World Cup will be over. I mean, well, no. It will be right yeah, before the World months, Cup. It'll be six months prior. Right. <laughs> so that, that could be like, well, listen, I don't want to lose my spot. You're right. Yeah. So it's like I'm not going to some team I don't even know if I'm going to play for. Well, that was but, the quote-unquote narrative for uh, Acosta. You know, it wasn't, but it, that's what that's what the narrative prior to him coming out and saying, "Yeah, this is bullshit." Uh, but was that he didn't necessarily want to go to Europe because he didn't want to lose his potential spot with an axe, which could I, have happened, but probably wouldn't have. In all honesty, either way, I think wherever Aronson goes, he's playing. He's playing. Well, uh, you look at even like AC, AC Milan, Milan. I think he would. I think he would play. I don't, think, time, I, I don't think AC Milan's that good. I mean, they're not the classic AC Milan we remember, right? It really isn't that that kind of AC Milan anymore. Yeah. It's so a weird time. We got it, it is running a thing. like a lot of the top Italian teams just aren't really as good as they used to be. So, I mean, I think you'd be fine there. I mean, I think if, if leads stay up, I say go for it, dude. Mm-hmm. You got a guy there that you know and you yep. know his system. Just go for it. That's the big thing. Well, that, that'd be that'd be the easiest push into EPL as a whole. Yeah, you would never you would never have a better situation. You may not necessarily be a Champions League contending squad by any means, but you're going to a club where a manager clearly likes you. knows you know the system. <clears throat> yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. That would be that would be the ideal spot for him. Yeah, and the last one, Eric C. Always have nice having Peter North on the channel. I guess that's a reference to you. Although, I assumed it was Pete. (laughs) 
So no, uh, yeah, uh, you know Peter North is our benefactor. He uh, fronts the bill for us. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yes, I do. I just don't want to say it again because he's in oh. legal. He's in legal trouble. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, man, that's why I haven't got my check yet. Yeah, he's. I mean, his ex-wife has a stalking order against him, so he can't come within like. I don't know, 500 yards of her or something like that. All right. So then Herc, Herc had this thing. And we've already criticized him for this before because he, he was already saying like, I mean, Pepe had just got off the fucking plane and he's like, he's got to yeah. score goals. It's like, well, he just got off the plane. Can you get let him settle in, find an apartment? Etc. And now he's played more games and more minutes and still no goals. And the play's been okay. It's going to take him a little bit longer to settle in. And it's not like Augsburg or some, you know, offensive juggernaut. So let's play parts of what Herc said. And we'll stop it when we need to. Because I love Herc. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I love Hercules Gomez. Absolutely. I think he's one of the most honest dudes out there. And but. yeah, this, this plays to that point, though. I mean, he's being honest in his opinion on that. And don't get me wrong. I think I think Pepe needs to notch a, a goal here or there from time sooner rather than later. But I just to your point. To your point, he's just it's it's a culture shock. He just got there, learning to work with his teammates in the off season. I mean, he he went. He was about. He was like what three months with really no games outside of the qualifiers. Uh, so I mean, it's it's going to take time, and at least at least it seems like the German press and the German, uh, uh, at least Augsburg as a whole, have started taking that stance of, hey, this guy isn't going to be our savior right now. He's going to be a long term project. We want to make sure that he gets adjusted to this league, and we do him we do him proper, you know. Well, they flip flopped on that pretty quickly, didn't they? Because they made them out. They made them out to be the savior, and then they're like, "Oh fuck, we fucked yeah, up." Yeah, they call that. Well, I mean, how often do you think that, as as a president, do you think the news would get out that you're peeing on your players' legs? I mean, come on. <laughs> allegedly. I almost forgot allegedly. about that. Almost totally Penny forgot game? about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about the peeing on his leg oh, thing. God. So, uh, yeah, that was not true, people. Um, the manager didn't pee. He waited Pe- for the third on, date on Pepe's leg. Yeah. So third game. They're they're uh, they're, they're a very classic and uh, old fashioned team. So yeah, third date. I think that that sometimes that um, Seb goads Herc into these comments. So he pushes him one way to get. I think get he it. does. He's like, say it. You want to say do it. Do it. Do it. So let's play a little bit of Herc on his panic. Very good alarm. at math, but I did the math today. 152 days since Ricardo Pepe's last club That's goal. That's ex- is it? Who? So first who off, I, a club goal. I mean that that's a bit excessive because they're referring to a game in October, which is basically when FC Dallas's season end. ended. And then like, well, you you can't sit there and say like. Well, November, December, January, until now, he didn't score a goal. Okay, that's fair, but he's really only been playing for a handful of weeks. I'm Let's remember guess. the Bundesliga has yeah. a winter break, so it's not like he he's been there that long. I guess the bigger question would be: is how many how many how how many minutes have occurred in Bundesliga that he's played that he hasn't scored? Yes, I mean that'll play a big factor, but on top of that, again, he's new to the league, new to everything there. 
and he's missed a couple chances, but as a whole, like you mentioned earlier, they're not a highly they're not a highly offensive producing team. Yeah, so. I mean that's the relevant number. How many minutes has he played for Augsburg? I really don't give a fuck about the rest of it. So, geez, if, if you're worried about 150 some odd days of no scoring goals, man, break that down to seconds, and Pepe's really fucked. Days doesn't mean shit. <laughs> it, days is the dumbest number to use. Sorry, Seb, but that I would have gone with minutes played or minutes played per game or whatever. But I mean, you could go by minutes. You can simply say, like, I'm going to throw out some random numbers here, but let's just say he's 350 minutes into playing a Bundesliga and not scoring a goal. I mean, it happens. You're you're talking about three or four, you know, like full length games total. I mean, over the course of the entire time he's been there, and I'm, I'm again I'm making those numbers up, guys. Don't, don't don't get me on that. But you can break it down that way, and you can say, yeah, he hasn't scored a goal in like four, you know, ninety minute games. Okay, that's a suit. You know, you can make that argument, and you can debate that argument. But or I don't know. He, throw, throwing out a throwing out an off, huge off season, a huge off season. He could even get more specific and say, here's how many chances he's had in, at Augsburg, and here's how many he's blown. Mm-hmm. So really That's a great one, too. You can do that. Yeah. yeah. He's, that had, would, he's had that, six clear chances of being able to score a goal. Hasn't scored one. And I okay. think the, the number's more like three. I know. I'm, and I'm they weren't again random numbers here. And I don't think they're clear either. I think they're chances. Sure. Three legit chances to score a goal, and he's missed them all. Okay. Um, that's more legit. That's how you have to talk about this. I, doing it like this is overly dramatic. It's like, oh, for a third of a year, he's just been garbage, and I don't like that. But look okay, at let's keep almost going. half a year. Yeah, no, it, it, again, factually speaking, he's not wrong, that's true. But again, he hadn't been playing for like three months leading until he made the transfer. So, again, at club, yeah, at club level, yes. So, talk, talking about what he's done at Augsburg at this point. Is would be a better uh, better basis for an argument, I guess. And I don't think this video is going to help Ricardo Pepe's confidence one bit. Not that it's no, their our, job. Our video will. I'll, I'll tag him in it. Not that it's their job to do that. No. But it would be nice for them to have a bit of understanding that this kid's just thrown into a culture where he doesn't speak the language. Uh, he's just getting settling it, settling well, in. Yeah. His parents just visited and went to After the last like two game. months. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let he's 19 years old. Let's let's just go easy here. You have let's that on go. your calendar too, Derek? No. And I don't like this, and I don't <laughs> want to get into this where that's something that we talk about. <laughs> okay. All right, let's continue. The time to hit the panic button. Uh yeah. I, no. I, no, listen, you remember that? You, you don't have to it? stop it. Okay. I was just replying. The over under. Yeah, oh, yeah, it I was remember. five and a half. Okay, you've got ten games. He needs six six goals. Sex Are goals. you going to retract? Do <laughs> you want to go back on that bet? Uh, yes, I definitely okay. said the over, and at this point, I think it's pretty safe to say he's not going to get that. Okay, October last year, last goal. Okay, and that was two goals versus Jamaica, U.S. Men's National Team. Since then, for what is FC Dallas, the U.S. Men's National Team, and now FC Augsburg. By my count, I think that's thirteen games. A hundred and what? How many days did you say? 152. Mm. Part of the process of being. Okay. So, uh, again, talk, yeah. I mean, looking at the 13 games not scoring, yeah, that sounds awfully bad. But, I mean, you have to really look at who's scoring for the U.S. national team at this point. 
and how bad Dallas was last strikers. season. It's not the strikers putting the goals away. It's our wingers. It's our midfield. Uh, I mean, outside of Pepe's production in this qual in this qualifier, Berhalter hasn't gotten shit from his nines. None of you, I'm, I'm, I'm placing the blame on Berhalter and the formation and the tactics because I mean we have we have people who can score the goal score the goals in the nine position, but they're not they're not getting the, they're not getting the opportunities that you would expect. So again, this is it's kind of a it's while factually accurate, it's also kind of disingenuous. It's painting a, a very depressing negative picture. And I think we need to give Pepe some time here, let him settle in, and eventually this will work. But yes, they weren't so happy about him going to Augsburg in the first place. A lot of people weren't. It may have not been the best decision. But he is playing, and, you know, I think it's too early to say this is some sort of sergeant situation. So, Hmm. I mean, I don't... It could turn into that. Well, I mean, I go, going off of, uh, of Hercules' uh, comment about the transfer fees for players and how you make a lot of money, I think he threw out 10% or whatever. So, I mean, that, that move to Augsburg might not be the best option as far as staying up in Bundesliga, but he did he did make $2 bucks off that yep, move. Exactly. And, and, you know, again, similar to how we talk about Sargent possibly going down with Norwich, I mean – Again, Pepe getting playing time in Bundesliga two may not be ideal if they go if they do drop down. Right. But finding finding his form in Germany uh, would wouldn't be a bad option. Wouldn't be a, wouldn't be the worst case scenario. No, it wouldn't be. And I mean, more than likely, Augsburg will figure out a way to survive. Sure. But um, if they don't, and he goes down one level. I mean, he's going to play every game after that, so it'll be good development for him, and hopefully they pop right back up. Either way, this is way early in the game to be panicking about Pepe. I, I just, I don't like pushing the panic button. I will pit push a, I'm kind of concerned button, but I'm not going to push the panic button, so, you know, which we is what they just start, said. Yeah, we need to start seeing some production level, Pepe. Let's go. Yeah. But again, 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 not... Uh, not to beat a dead horse here, but we talked about Augsburg simply not being an overly productive offensive juggernaut by any means. So even if he's not scoring goals and he's still producing opportunities for other players or maybe getting an assist here or there, you know, that, that could, that could play a factor in not saying that he always failing at this point. This is the panic, push the panic button, push the panic button. But I mean, if he's doing a lot of the dirty work that you would expect that leads to the team succeeding, which is one thing we saw like with Sergeant over at Bremen. He wasn't yep. scoring bucket loads of goals. And mind you, he was the leading goal scorer. But he wasn't scoring a bucket load of goals. But he still did all the dirty work that, well, and I guess it didn't stave off relegation the second time. But right. <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't because of his, his effort on the field. In this situation, Pepe's had a couple, of, uh, a couple of moments here and there. He's still adjusting to the speed of the play. He even talks about that. Uh, and this is the big thing that a lot of people talk about when they move from, from MLS to Europe. And the first thing they talk about is the speed of play, speed of decision-making. You know, you don't have two, three, four seconds on the ball to look up, find out what you want to do, and move forward. You know, now now it's all just like bam, bam, bam. Busio said the same thing. Tessman said the same thing. So, Yep. And, you know, you'll adjust. You'll adjust. I mean, it's just like uh, playing FIFA and moving up to the next level from whatever to pro or whatever. When you move up, move up to that next level, you're like, oh fuck, this game's way harder. 
Well, yeah, it's going to be way harder. It's a lot faster. And I know that's just a metaphor, so I don't take that literally. But that is what it's like. It's like, um, you know, uh, when we went to the state finals after easily crushing every team in Hardin County in Kentucky. Then we had to play the big boys. And that was a totally different fucking game. Now, they were better. Ballard was just a really good team. They were solid. So we didn't get to play a lot of top teams all year. So we were, we were just crushing people. So by the time we got to the state finals and we started playing good teams, we had to adjust. It was something that doesn't happen overnight. So let's continue, I guess. Being a young player is learning how to cope with these streaks or these droughts, if you will. I'll agree with He's that. He's got tons of intangibles. It comes with every forward's life. What yep. worries me is the patience because they don't have a lot of room. 10 games, okay? They're in 15th place. They're tied on points of Hertha Berlin who are in the rele- or already in the relegation zone. Four mm-hmm. points above Stuttgart. Difficult times ahead, and I'm not sure if he's going to get that benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure if we're going to see Ricardo Pepe in Bundesliga 2. Uh, what? We're not sure we're going to see him in Bundesliga 2? Next season. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Well, okay, he's not, he's not sure that they would see them. So he basically is saying that it's possible that Augsburg is relegated. Yes, definitely possible. Yeah, but he did a double negative. Yeah, that threw me for a loop, too. This yeah. is a fucked up sentence. Um, not not the right way of using it. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, but we already talked about it. I mean, if he goes down, he goes down. He's going to have to live with it. And it's yeah, not the, it, it's not the end of the world. And I agree with him on the sense that you know, as a striker, you're going through these streaks of of goalless streaks or just no chances, or sometimes you go through streaks of goals and then all of a sudden you hit it. But yeah, you know, that, that, that's a learning curve for every every striker as a whole. Yep. Um, I, I I think Augsburg is out there again pushing the narrative now that they're not solely relying on Pepe to save them. They're going to give him a chance to adjust. And this is, this is something that uh, our, our good friend Berliner, or Berlin Americaner, uh, says, or sa- said many a time about him, is that in, in Germany, the people know that there's going to be, uh, the people already know that there's going to be time for adjustment. They're not expecting players to come in and immediately just light up the world. So uh, they're, they're I, uh, despite what uh, Hercules is saying here, I think the German population and even the Augsburg fans, are probably willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and hoping that the current crop that are already adjusted to the league can find a way to continue getting some results to keep above relegation. Well, the only thing about that is that they're going to give them a benefit of a doubt for, for about two more games. Then when the shit starts hitting the fan and they need results to stay up, that's when the real pressure, it's it's almost already starting now, but it's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter as the end of the season goes. Because, I mean, just look at how crushed the Werder Bremen team was when they got uh, relegated. It's just devastating. And Augsburg has done so much work to get up into Bundesliga. To have them go down like this, uh, it would be horrible. And then, of course, Pepe might get labeled or blamed for it because he was the biggest signing they've ever done. And he did nothing. So he's going to have to pop a goal in here sooner or later but i'm not ready to hit the panic button that's all i'm saying i'm not panicking yet so let's finish this baby off we're close to it yeah we're gonna have to branch the rest of this into a different video we're already 23 minutes in yeah 
So I think this is all which perspective you look at it from, right? If you look at it from a U.S. perspective, I actually don't think it's time to hit the panic button because you never should have been relying on a 19-year-old to qualify you for a World Cup. Plus, as well we said. In, in in defense against that, we're relying on a, on a, a basically a U23 team to do that, not nine, not just a 19-year-old, but a U23 team. Not Augsburg. No, from the U.S. standpoint, is what he's saying. No, I didn't get that. That's what he said. He said, from the U.S. standpoint, this shouldn't we sh- we shouldn't hit the panic button because we've never should have relied on a 19-year-old to, for World Cup qualifying. Well, that's literally what he said. That's off base because we're talking about Augsburg, and but he's, he's saying. Talking, but he he brought up that from a U. He's going to go into Augsburg, I'm sure. But he's talking about this point, just the U.S. U.S. It, and national team standpoint. Two totally different things to me. Two totally different things. Sure, I wasn't the one who made the comment. I'm just <laughs> commenting off. That's of what, what I'm. Was, I'm disagreeing with him. I don't even know why he brings this up. That's irrelevant. How he's doing for the for country. That's that's doesn't matter right now. What we're, we're focused on, or what he should be focused on, and what the show is focused on, is Augsburg. And now he's going to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Well, who else we got to rely on? Seb, DK was. It's he's injured. All right. I mean, you could call in PFOC. That's an option. Sargent has been not really doing much at Norwich, so we did rely on him, and he's done okay for us. I mean, he's had a little bit of a drought. I get it. But, you know, Seb, focus on Augsburg. But anyhow, sorry. sorry. You got Jordan PFOC right now, who is red hot. You got Josh anymore. started three straight games. I know, not as a striker. You got Daryl DK, who's back to training now. So you have other options if Greg Berhalter's willing to go with those other options, even if it's one that he knows and he's comfortable with, like a Jesus Ferreira. There are other options for the U.S. For Ricardo mm-hmm. Pepe, I think it is time to hit the panic alarm. One, you mentioned Bundesliga, two. I just think at this point, Herc, it, we can probably look at this saying that say there's very little evidence that this was the right move, right? Both in terms of where he ended up, Augsburg, a team that doesn't create, is in a relegation dogfight, and also the timing of it, right? One, you walk into a team mid-season, so you don't have time to acclimate yourself. And two, in the summer, we know there would have been way more options, right? Assuming that he stays playing and assuming that he continued what he was doing at FC Dallas, there would have been better choices for him than a relegation-threatened Augsburg. I'm not saying he should have been listening to Football Americas and Jurgen Klinsmann way back in the day. That's near the end, anyhow. Yeah, I mean, it basically repeats that exact phrase right there. Uh, I mean, you can make the argument that going to Augsburg may not have been the best option. Um, it's it's one that everybody can make. Um, Dude, let's say he stays at FC Dallas and then he this drought continues. Guess what? He doesn't get his $2 million. That's the thing. Well, I, I don't think another $20 million bid would have came in. It could have uh, only we'll, gone down. We'll, only Wolf, gone down. Wolfsburg was sitting at what, like eight million or something like that. Yeah, the twenty million seems excessive, and I'm kind of surprised that they jumped that drastically. But um, yeah, no, it's. I mean, you could have said he would he would have scored goals at FC Dallas. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, he would have he would have notched some goals, and that could have been better for the uh, for his, the U.S. men's national team and World Cup qualifying as a whole. But I don't know. I think the move to uh, Augsburg is not a, not a bad option. I just think that obviously he's he's jumping into the world at a a relegation fight immediately, and people are gonna people are going to expect results. Period. Yep. But you know what? So what? He goes down, goes to Bundesliga, scores a ton of goals next season. No issue. I mean, listen, we've already seen guys playing in lower leagues who 
Greg will call up if they're scoring goals. DK was scoring goals like in bunches um, in the championship. He got called up. You can do the same Giacchini, thing. In Bundesliga um, um, the guy from uh, Italy, uh, CRB, CRB, what's his name? Yeah, Novakovic. Novakovic, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> insert, insert any other number of, uh, of lesser European league here or MLS for that matter. Uh, so, you know, going to championship, going to Bundesliga 2 is not the end of the world. It's not no. ideal by any means. And I'd much rather Sargent and uh, um, Pepe stay up. But, again, going down and finding your form wouldn't be the worst worst case scenario. Okay, so let's link this up to Sargent because they lost again, but this was a cup game. And they didn't even play for the their best team. He mm-hmm. missed two good scoring opportunities. A header that he blew, uh, a shot that he blew, but he did get an assist at the in the end, and he worked his ass off. Um, so I wanted to at least bring that up. I just think that, um, and then Greg went to the game and watched him play. So we might see Sergeant in this next window. I think there's a chance that could happen. I mean, not based given, off of that given, performance, but well, I mean, when wasn't I mean? I guess I never, I didn't get to watch the game. I only saw the highlights and uh, and obviously his assist. So I mean, it's a possibility that uh, Berhalter calls him in as a versatility, a versatility uh, option. I mean, obviously he can play the nine, so he's up the Rosardis. Yep, he can play on the wing. Uh, depending on the formation, if you played something else besides a four-three-three, he could play in the midfield, not as an eight or uh, more like more like a like like we talked about like when uh, when Ida was fine with was healthy and uh, Norwich was playing the four-two-two-two. He was playing the Landon Donovan Dempsey role behind yeah, the two but strikers. That's, that's not even worth bringing up because it's not going to Ber- happen. Berhalter's not going to do it. I'm just saying it's not going to happen. I'm yeah. just saying that there, there's there's options you can utilize a player like Sargent, whereas you bring in somebody like Zardes, you're pigeonholed to that nine, and that's it. I mean, I mean he could not- theoretically play out wide, but I mean he doesn't. As far as overall contributing to the team, um, Sargent's doing a lot more than DK. Um, and certainly more than Pepe is right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see Greg visit. Well, and and, um, and given given how Berhalter utilizes the nines, you don't you don't necessarily need an informed striker. You don't, but you just need somebody who needs somebody to bust their ass playing with their back to the goal. That's, That's about right. it at this point. Right. And so bust your ass. And if you get played as a winger, bust your ass. Um, and Sergeant's a bust your ass guy. So I think that'll work. And then the last topic of the night, and then we're wrapping it up, is Hoppy. Hoppy played 22 minutes. And um, we kind of got a foreshadowing of this. Um, And uh, it was really funny. So um, got some heads up. Hey, you know, Hoppy's probably going to play today. I'm not going to get into all the details, but the reason is there was some pressure applied uh to the team basically saying you better play him you gotta play him now you gotta play him give him some minutes or nut up or sell him or something yes loan him out do do something so there were meetings that were had and it was basically play his ass or he's gone he's gonna force himself out of there and um so he got 22 minutes but the problem was they got totally dominated by Real Sociedad, and he barely touched the ball. 
barely touched the ball the whole 22 minutes. They were playing defense almost well, the majority of the time. So I, I feel like some of that's on Hoppy. I mean, he he still doesn't know how to speak Spanish, so he can't ask the team <laughs> for the ball. Clearly, that's the problem. It's like, ball? Give me ball. Give me ball. Me? Ball. ball. Give me ball. <laughs> well, that's just, I mean, they got pretty Pelotas, much. Pelota. They got dominated by Real Sociedad. But the news is, yes, Hoppy got some playing time. And um, I'm sure Greg got informed about it. And, um, you know, Morris hasn't played that well so far, start of the MLS season. So, I don't know. It's an option out wide. Because Again, probably another, another nine that can play multiple positions. It's something to consider. He played a lot of midfield when he was younger as well so he might do well there um, as more of the kind of freelance midfielder so you know we'll see what happens i just wanted to bring it up because uh, it's important that people know yeah. that hoppy played he played wow. and he might play next game too as far as i hear although he didn't get much of a chance in this game i mean fucking miorca was horrible in this game real sociedad took their ass to the fucking they're like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh smacking that ass because they were good. And by the way, Jonathan Gomez made the bench for Real Sociedad. Mm -hmm. So he's off the B team. He's on the big boy team now. And he might have to wait a little bit longer. He may not necessarily be off the B team, but he yeah, they with the too. Yeah, sometimes they flip-flop them back just to make sure they're getting playing time. So he might go back to the B team, then back to the A team until they feel really comfortable and they're up like 3 nothing in a game. They're like, let's throw this Gomez kid in there and see what he can do. But it's good news for us, and I'm not going to cover the rest of the Yanks abroad at this point. No, nope, not, not going to do it. Man. No, no. We're 33 minutes in. So I want to thank everybody. Also, oh, by the way, the other video that came up was the guy that was filmed getting bitten in half by a great white shark two weeks ago. Did you see that one yet? No. There were a bunch of guys that were fishing off the California coast, I believe. Oh, no, Australian coast. Um, off a cliff into the ocean. And it's like where the seals hang out too. Mm, and this guy, smart. Smart. this this guy likes to swim. He's done it like a hundred times the same route every morning. So there are a bunch of guys fishing and throwing fucking bait into the water. And they're fucking seals hanging out on the cliff. And this guy, for the hundredth and one time, swam by the same spot and got bitten in fucking half by a fucking great white shark. It's all on footage. It's It's horrible, dude. It is gross and it's horrible. There's blood all over the place. And like at the end of the video, it's just his torso. Like, but he got split in half. It's just his torso, like floating in the water. And then the fucking shark comes up and eats his fucking torso. It's like, what? What did I just watch? Thank God he was dead already. God damn. Anyhow, crazy. That's why I don't swim in the ocean, folks. And you shouldn't too. I think that's a bad I'm surprised idea. Something like that can make the YouTube algorithm at all. The original video was canceled, but so many people copied it and pasted it. It's back on YouTube. And I'm not recommending anybody with a weak stomach to go watch that because I didn't know what I was watching at the time. It just said shark attack in Australia. Mm. And I watched it and it was like, now, fatal, fatal shark attack in Australia. Now, they missed the original attack. Apparently, the shark breached, breached and fell on top of him, knocked him into the water, then got him when he was under the water, ripped his ass in half. 
or something like, oh, no, no, not right away. And then he was started swimming to shore after the shark landed on top of him and he was screaming help and all this shit. And then the shark came up and went boom, split him in half and shook him and all so, that shit. Could this horrible. be, like, uh, could this be uh, the equivalent of seeing those uh, comeback whale jumps, breaches water and lands on boat and you watch it and it's clearly CG? Yeah, this is not CG. This is uh, some guy's cell phone. And I've read the actual, I'm not going to say the guy's name that died. He was um, he was training for one of those swimming competitions where they swim in the waters out in the ocean and shit. But there's like, you know, 50, a triathlon, I think, it, where they swim, then they ride the yeah. bike, then they run. Yeah, he was training for that. And he'd been training along this shoreline for a long time. It was just a matter of time. People who know that section of the water have said, yeah, like that's shark killing grounds. Why he was swimming through that, I don't understand. He should have known better. Nobody swims yeah, there. Here's an article, February 16th. Horrifying last moments of swimmer who was eaten alive. Yep. And in fact, the shark finished Little him Bay off. Little Bay Beach in Sydney, Sydney's East, yeah. Yep, they finished him off. There's like no, like a chunk left of him when the shark was done. It was like a 20-foot great white. It's a big boy. A really big female and it just took his ass out and but, think, it's fascinating which is the reason why i brought mm. the possibility of it being cg is is, is uh <clears throat> man when sharks when sharks bite people i mean because that's obviously a concern for you know most people yourself included about swimming in the ocean you're gonna get bit by a shark but when sharks bite human beings usually what ends up happening is they're like oh this is way too salty this isn't what i usually eat and they release it and then you die too, out from blood exposure it's way too bony because oh, so it. seals are really fatty that's what they're going after usually mm. but as one uh, scientist said listen some sharks if they're really hungry they don't fucking care if you're bummed. yeah they're gonna eat your ass because they're hungry and they haven't caught anything for a while and if that's the case and this was a female shark apparently the researcher said and she needs to provide she may be pregnant she was needs extra you know calories or food or whatever Anything. Yeah, so that dude was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But if you, time, ah, this is the worst, but whatever. Oh. And, you know, there are a lot of people like, oh, I can't believe you posted this on YouTube. I mean, it's horrible. I get it. It is horrible. But it might, I don't know, give somebody the idea that don't do this. This is not a good thing to do yeah. at, the, at dawn when it's still like the sun hasn't risen all the way up yet. Like, that's the worst time to swim. Uh, that's when sharks are there. I, I'm just going on with the scientists said in the article i mean that's all um but it's just horrifying and that's why i'm afraid of sharks there you go i i know that there, the the rarity of getting bitten by a shark it's rare but fuck it dude i know my luck you give me a hundred you give me a hundred sided die and if i roll a one i'm gonna get eaten by a shark i guarantee you i roll a one boom Bip. one there's Derek eaten by shark so i'm not fucking with that and then if you have to roll that 100-sided die 101 times every morning before you get up and swim in the ocean, well, then you're really fucked. Boy, that was a yeah. dark ending. <laughs> that was a really dark ending to this show. <laughs> All right. It's not the first time we've had a dark ending. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for liking, subscribing, sharing it with your grandma. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week with more shows. And... Um, you know, maybe more news. We'll see how Jesse does in the weekend. Jesse Marsh and Leeds do this weekend. And uh, there might be something to talk about. So we'll see you then.